Welcome, everybody, today to a very special episode of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. We've got an interview today with Ivy Tran, the really talented composer that is working on uh, the Cryomore soundtrack and Soul Saga, as well as a bunch of other cool stuff like the Black Box album, which is a really neat piano chiptune arrangement album. A lot of original works and a couple of cool arrangements on there, and we'll be playing a few tracks uh, from that as well. You just heard Climb Lest I Fall from the Cryomore soundtrack, and we'll be playing a few more later on in the show. First of all, we just want to thank Ivy for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And my name is Derek Hemsbergen. I'm Embryon on the Boards, one of the normal Rhythm Encounter co-hosts, and I'm here with my PIC, Partner in Crime. Also known as Other Dude, Stephen Myring, Talos on the Boards. And so we're just going to keep this a pretty informal chat. We've got some questions for Ivy. Hopefully you don't mind answering those for us. And we'll just go from there. So first of all, could you tell us a little bit about your background, like um, what kind of musical training you have and how you became involved with writing music for games? Sure. So I started playing the piano when I was five years old, and I took lessons from my aunt. And it's just something I've always liked doing, and um, I asked my parents for lessons um, when I was a kid. And when I was 10, we got a Nintendo 64. So that was my first console, and I got really hooked on the music, and I started trying to figure out how to play songs from Mario 64 on the piano. And... From there, it just kind of took off. Like, I started composing songs inspired by video games when I was 11 or 12. Oh. And I've just always really loved it. It was it was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, well, it shows because your arrangements are really... They're awesome. really upbeat. They're awesome. They're playful. They're fun. So it's cool that <laughs> you have that background and it obviously comes through in your music. Um, so how did you how did you get involved in writing music like for Crime War and Soul Saga? You know, I think I just got really lucky. They approached me, both of them, and I think Crymore or Robin Allen from Crymore, they found me through YouTube, I think. Oh, cool. And then after Crymore, Soul Saga found me through that. So it was just one thing leading to another. Like the first game music project that I ever took on was something that I sort of went out of my way to approach them. And it was kind of an awful experience. Like, styles didn't match up at all. And every time I sent them a song, they would ask for a million changes. And then it got to the point where the song just did not sound like it came out of my hands at all. Oh, yeah. So at that point, it's like, not really what you want. It was... It was pretty miserable, so I just sort of decided if that's what game composing is like, then I don't want to do it. And then I stopped approaching people, and then I just started working on my own things, making things that I felt like doing, um, mostly uploading to YouTube, and then it just kind of started spiraling from there. So I think it's nice, because for the most part, I think I get approached for my style. Yes, So, which is exactly what you want. (laughs) Yeah. Your style is awesome. So... I guess as an add-on to that question, we always like to ask if there are any musicians or composers in particular that inspired you. But as well as that, are there any particular games that really stoked the fires of your imagination and got you writing music when you were younger? I know you said Mario 64, but um, since Crymore and Soul Saga are both RPGs of a sort, I was wondering if there was anything, any particular RPGs that you played that you were just like, oh my gosh, I want to write music for a game like this. I think the game that really, really got me into writing music was Ocarina of Time. Ooh. I, I learned so much about writing music just by listening to that soundtrack. Because 
there's something really enchanting about it and it's elegant but also kind of simply stated at the same time yeah and i love how concise and beautiful it is at the same time and i really took that into my own work i think when i started writing just trying to do things that were a bit more concise like uh, not using anything more than what i needed for my songs what's what's kind of cool because like you know you have like shakespeare oh i'm quoting shakespeare this makes me sound so pretentious <laughs> like brevity being the soul of wit and i think some of my favorite songs from all kinds of musicians are the kind where there's not like all kinds of stuff just thrown in there because they can it's like they try to do a lot with as little as possible and i think that's what sometimes that's some of the most beautiful music because it's simple but it's so effective yeah, I think a lot of Koji Kondo's music is like that. So he's a huge influence of mine. All the Mario and Zelda tunes, they're just so memorable and catchy. And I think he's so good at just nailing it with as little as possible. I think that's part of the reason why, like, especially, like, you know, the, the stage one theme from the original Mario is just, like, so many people know that song. And I think it's because... It's really, it's a simple, it's very simple, but it's so catchy and it's been remixed a gazillion times because it's, it's so easy to get like a hook in that or like this, like the overworld theme from Zelda or my favorite, the ocean song from Wind Waker. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those songs, you know, do a lot of interesting things musically too. They just, it's so, I don't know. It's so elegant. (laughs) No, I think, I think a lot of people would probably say elegant. He's definitely... I saw a really cool, it was a video of him performing like a suite of his own music live on a piano. And first of all, I would have been super nervous because it was like a big audience. But it's like this nine minute suite of just, he broke all these really popular sounds like the, 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 the water level song from the first Mario and a couple of Zelda songs and just broke it totally down to the basics on a piano. And it sounded gorgeous. And it was just, it, elegant is a great word for it. So Nice. I wish I could have heard that. I'll, to, I'll see if I can find it on YouTube. It's probably in my history or my favorites, most likely. I'll, uh, I'll link you to it. So I guess sort of we, we kind of covered this, but if you could name like a song that's like your favorite song from a game or even just a regular, you know, for, uh, like not from a non-game, like a movie or anything at all. Is there like one song that like is like super inspirational that you just love? Oh, no, that's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are so many. We, we don't put you on the spot. We're just like, name the best sure. song. I think one of my favorite game songs ever, and I think a lot of people will say this is their favorite game song ever, is Corridors of Time from Chrono Trigger. Oh my goodness. We love you. We love you. <laughs> I, I kid you not, in my, my Google Chrome right now, I have a tab open with, you did a collaboration with two other musicians and... Laura and Chris. They yeah. both came from Australia and we just met up and came up with that in an hour, I think, or something like that. Wow, in an hour? It sounds... Those two, they are so good. They are really quick. I think if you left it up to me, I would take a month to do that. <laughs> well, all three of you came off sounding awesome in that. And again, we've actually played, we did a we did a podcast where we played Corridors of Time, because that's one of my all-time favorite songs, too. It's just, there's something about that song that just really, like when I first played Chrono Trigger, I got to that part, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this song is so like mysterious, but oh man, I could talk about Mitsuda all day, too, though, so... He's definitely one of my favorites, too. But yeah, that song actually is what got me to play Chrono Trigger in the first place. I just heard it somewhere on some website, and then I was so intrigued by the song that I got the game and then played it, and it's one of my favorite games, so... You get a high five for that. I, uh, <laughs> it, it's funny, because we've said before, like, I, I've 
admitted several times to being like, well, I had no interest in that game, but then I heard a song from it. It was really cool, so I went and played it. Like I play, I the the game Dust by uh, well, it was the music was done by Hyperduck Soundworks, and I heard that soundtrack, and I didn't know like anything about the game, but I was like, oh my gosh, this music is so good. I have to get Dust. <laughs> I love Hyperduck. Those guys are awesome. It's some of my favorite guys. You know, I actually did a lot of thinking about why that song is so effective for me, mm-hmm. like why it hits me so hard. It combines a lot of different things or a lot of opposite things. Like the melody and the chord progression is actually really sad and tragic, I think. But it's put over a really lighthearted beat. So you have juxtaposition of something really sad, but something, you know, kind of light at the same time. The other thing that really interested me was that the melodies and instruments, you know, they sound very familiar to us because they sound very JRPG and, you know, um, something a little closer to home. But the instrumentation is totally exotic. There's sitar, there's gamelan, tabla. So just that's another, you know, those things are being juxtaposed as well. And I think the mash of all those different things makes it a really special song. No other song really sounds like that for me, so... I think actually too, like when I talked about that, when, when we played it, I, I, I had a harder time articulating it because I don't have as much musical training or, well, let me rephrase that. I don't really have any musical training other than I'm struggling to teach myself piano, but I, I kept like trying to come up with a word to describe that, like that really like exotic instrumentation because that's what draws me to it is you get to that part of the game and it's like so different from everything you've seen before and you have this like this ideal society, but then it's also there's all this like horrible stuff bubbling under the surface. So that that whole thing you said about combining like a more somber tone to a happier tone fits zeal. So I think that's dead on. Yeah, it creates this really bittersweet feeling, this bittersweet and nostalgia feeling. I think a lot of people get when they listen to it. One thing about you saying quarters of time and Chrono Trigger makes me feel kind of validated because when I heard the black box, that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, this reminds me of Chrono Trigger but oh. <laughs> kind of its own style. So, so well, I guess you can take that as another compliment. But, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, was re- that really was the first thing that sprung to mind. So I'm glad I wasn't totally off base. Yeah, Mitsu is definitely one of my biggest influences, especially his music from Chrono Trigger. Like what I love about the Chrono Trigger soundtrack is just every single part of every song is so good. Like, oh. Yes. There's so much heart in the A section, the B section, the chorus. Like every single part of it just hits so hard. I think you can really hear that he put a lot of passion into it. I remember that there was like that story that goes around about Chrono Trigger about how like Mitsuda was, I guess, just not a producer, but he was like basically just a sound assistant on a bunch of Square games. And he said, look, I'm leaving if you don't let me do a, a soundtrack. And I don't know, I, I think that's the true story. But they said, okay, do Chrono Trigger, and that's what you got. So it's like, you know that had to have been like a total labor of love for him. Because, I mean, he's known for just totally just running himself ragged, writing music. And Mitsuda is probably, I go back and forth between Mitsuda and Shimamura as like my all-time favorite composer. And mostly it's because of the Chrono Trigger and especially Chrono Cross soundtrack. But I think Chrono Trigger really does have like, there's just such variety to it. And like, there's real like... Like, I guess, heart to, like, the, the game and the music. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like that game so much. Same here. Yeah. That leads into my next question, which is, I don't know if Mitsuda would be the answer to this question, but if there were no obstacles in your way, what would be your dream collaboration job along working with another composer or a musician? They could be living or dead, you know, foreign, Japanese, anybody related to game music, not related. 
would you want to work with somebody like Mitsuda on a project or is there anybody else that you'd be interested in working with? Oh man, <laughs> I love collaborating. There's so many people that I would want to collaborate with. All the people. This, yes, all the people. This is a hard question too. We throw the hard hitting ones. <laughs> hmm. This, yeah, this is a really hard question. Because like, I love the idea of writing music and learning from one of my idols, but I also, it's also fun performing and working with performers and, you know, it just depends on what it's for, I think. Not necessarily just arranging something or writing something new, but performing and... You know, I think, though, like, the thing I'd love to do most right now is just collaborate with every single one of my friends. That's a really down-to-earth answer, too. And you can learn something from your friends that you may not be able to learn from a professional, necessarily, you know? Well, before we go any further, we're going to take a quick break and listen to another one of Ivy's tracks. This is a song that she just released, actually, this morning. Literally this from morning. From the, the Soul Saga original soundtrack. This is Home Above the Clouds. So we're going to give that a quick listen, and we will be right back. That was Home of the Clouds, which I incorrectly typed out for Derek, so I apologize, from Soul Saga, and I love that piano. What, the next question we want to ask is, what kind of music do you like to listen to normally? Like, what do you, you know, is it, like, just video game music, or do you listen to other artists, like, classical, or, you know, total, like, crazy, like, death metal, like? I listen to a lot of stuff, I think. I don't exclusively listen to video game music, that's for sure. I can tell you what I've been listening to lately. I've been really into Sheena Ringo lately. She's a Japanese singer and composer, and her melodies are so amazing. Like, I don't think anyone has gripped me like that in a while. Um, I've also been really into the band Asturias, if you guys know them. Sarasha and I did cover of Distance by them on our Black Box album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's actually a cover from that band. I didn't know that was a cover. That's really cool. They're pretty obscure um, and really hard to find. Like, I've tried looking online for their CDs, and I just can't find anything. So it seems like word of mouth is how they've been getting around, you know, our circle of friends and everything. So I was just talking to a friend today, and I came to realize that, 
a lot of my music's actually influenced by hip hop very strangely. Really? Yes. <laughs> Especially the Crymore soundtrack. I think there are a couple songs there that, you know, that I can see how hip hop sort of influenced um, the way I did things. And one of those things is the use of a strong motif in the songs. Because you know how hip hop, a lot of it is sample based and you have like this short sound that recurs over and over again, right? It has to be a really good sound and a really catchy sound. There are a couple songs that haven't been released yet mm -hmm. to the public that I've done that, I can, that I'm thinking of right now that have just really short little motifs that kind of occur here and there. And they're, it's hard to explain because they're not quite melodies. But I guess motif is the best word for it. Like a brief, like like a like a short phrase or something that just keeps popping yeah, just up. Just like two note, two or three notes that you know they come in here and there, and they sort of you know give the song a little bit of an extra kick. Also, if you guys know um, the song "Peruser" from Crime War, which was the first song I did for that game, like I think the beat is listening back. I think the beat was probably hip hop influenced as well. So that's really cool. I would not have guessed that. Like that's yeah. <laughs> I think most people don't really guess that I actually like hip hop. And I have people telling me sometimes, you know, trying to impress or whatever, saying, oh, you know, your music is, you know, so much better than hip hop and things. <laughs> like, oh, no, you didn't. Don't go there. You're like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I think another one of in, another genre that's influenced me that probably is is more unusual is like indie rock from Canada. I'm actually familiar with that. I have a friend that like, yes. <laughs> opens my mind to music that I would have never heard. And I kid you not, like two months ago, he goes, dude, I've been listening to this indie rock band from Canada. I can't remember what their name was. He went and saw them. And he goes, you got to listen to this. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I didn't realize indie rock bands from Canada were a thing. I don't know why they all ha all the good ones just happen to come from Canada. Like every time I like an indie rock band, I look it up and they're from Canada. So... Perhaps it's just something in the water that encourages people to get out there and uh, do music and be awesome. Maybe. <laughs> so for you, what's the, the most satisfying part of being a composer, being a musician, being a performer? Like, what, what do you love about it? I really like having the ability to tell stories using notes. And it's something that I've always felt about music since I was young. Like, whenever I was practicing piano, doing a sonatina, I would narrate the whole thing in my head. You know, and I started noticing that most songs have narrative structure. And, like, I think a lot of my favorite songs sort of sweep me off my feet and take me away, you know? And when I'm writing music, my hope is to do something like that. Like tell a story? Yeah, just to be able to tell a story through notes. It doesn't have to be anything concrete, but it's really fun for me to be able to narrate something and, you know, express feelings and, you know, try to connect to people. Or connect with people. That's really cool. I. So it's I, kind of a mushy answer, but that's, no, not at all. That's a that's a great answer. That's such a that's such an elegant musical answer for it. Like I was gonna say, I said earlier, I love Yoko Shimomura, and one of my favorite things she does is the Kingdom Hearts soundtracks. And part of the reason I love them is because, especially now that they're a gazillion games into the series, all these characters have like their own like musical themes and motifs. And so when she has, like, scenes with those characters or, like, major fights with important characters, all the people who are tied into it, like, she'll run through motifs from the main character's theme and then from the bad guy's theme and from all the people who influence the bad guy. And so, like, 
the music itself is telling you a light version of the story. And I always think that's such a, a beautiful thing to be able to do with music. Yeah. So it's a totally rad answer. Do you have a favorite song among what you've done, about, among your stuff? Like something that you just either you really enjoyed the experience of putting it together or just the final product, you just you hear it and you really love it. Is there something that like you're really proud of? I really, I stand behind everything that I write. I mean, not necessarily because I think it's great, but just, you know, I always put a lot of heart into each thing that I'm writing. Probably the songs that are most precious to me are the ones that I've done just for fun, you know, just to express something. So let's see. One thing that I did that I really like is a song called Hello Moon, which I wrote using Bomberman 64 sound font. The sound font was made by my friend Dave Harris, or Blitz Lunar, who also has a super uh, cool album out if you guys haven't heard it yet. But that game was my favorite, my absolute favorite game when I was young. And when I when I got a hold of the sound font, I was freaking out and getting all these nostalgia pings and everything. But anyways, doing that song was completely indulgent and i think i worked on it for a couple days straight so there's that and that's when some of the best results come out that's that's something i say a lot too that like i really like out of music is just like sometimes what really gets me is you know i i don't like to say any music is oh this is perfunctory or this is just somebody put it together because they had to but i think sometimes you can really tell when a musician really loved the song they're working on for whatever reason because they had some attachment to it and i think that really shows yeah the other thing that I feel really strongly about is the Black Box album. Working with Slash is awesome, but the whole album is just an expression of, you know, our own thoughts and ideas and things that we like. And we worked on it for an entire year. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty much the moment we met, we decided we were going to do this album together. And then pretty much for every single song on the album i think we never settled for anything you didn't stop till you were totally happy yeah we just kept going at songs until we both were completely happy with what was there and pretty much yeah like i said we never settled we never you know we didn't want to have to compromise on things so if one of us wasn't happy with the part we would just kind of go at it relentlessly and that's probably why it took a whole year too but we both put a lot of passion into it i think it it expresses a lot about us both musically. And it's also something that I feel like it's something that I've always wanted to make, but didn't think I was capable of making. Isn't that and a good so, feeling, though? To that's make really it cool. Prove yourself wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's all, you know, it's largely thanks to Slash, too, because he's my other half on it. But yeah, so pretty much all the things that, you know, all the songs that I wrote, you know, just for myself are the ones that tend to be my favorites, I think, or at least they're the most personal to me because they're an expression of, you know, something I was thinking about. That's, wow, that's that's a great answer. We, I really like that album. Derek and I have actually been listening to it for a while. Oh, and yeah. It's, it, it's really cool to hear that kind of story about it. Like, that's, again, I, now I'm being totally frank when I say I'm not trying to massage your ego or anything here, but just to hear something like that out of, just that, that's, I can't come up with words. I don't know what my words are, but just the... <laughs> That all I can say is it sounds like you're incredibly passionate, and I really respect that. So, I'm glad I'm glad I convinced people to buy that album and got it myself because it's yes. 
I'm glad Stephen told me about it. I, I work in a library right now. I'm a, I'm a grad student, and I, I work. I get I get paid pennies to work in the library basement, which is super relaxing. But literally, I kid you not, like the first month I was at work this summer, I just that's all I was listening to, and I was like, I would every day I'd be like, oh, I got a different favorite song. This song's awesome. This song's awesome. And you can ask Derek. I tend to just kind of explode when I get excited about things. I'll be like. Derek, listen to the song. You sent it to me yesterday. Well, did you listen to it? Yeah. Listen again. It's really cool. And every day it'd be a different song. So again, not massaging ego. I just, I think that's a, a really great answer. So, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like it's something that I always think about. Sometimes I wonder like Stephen and I do the podcast and we just put it out there and we get feedback from people on the forums and stuff, which is really cool. But it's really weird whenever I stop and acknowledge like, at any given point in time, there could be somebody out in the world listening to my voice recorded, like, on a podcast. So I just have to wonder, like, is that ever surreal for you? Because I can tell you that I've driven around town, like, blaring the black box out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, totally all. That's totally hardcore. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I just have to wonder. That's That's such a weird thing to think. Like, there's some person that I haven't met that's enjoying my music, and it's, like, a huge part of his life or his day. So, do you ever think about that? I don't know. I, I just, that's so I, odd. I do, me. and you know, I really appreciate that you guys have been listening to it. That means a lot to me. But yeah, I've had some strange encounters. I mean, I'm not, you know, a celebrity or anything, but I've definitely been approached before. You know, when someone sees my name, asking, "Are you that girl who plays piano?" And it's just so weird for me. And yeah, for sure, it, a lot of times it doesn't feel like it's really happening you know yeah like you don't like you don't know how you got there like someone yeah. says oh i'm a fan of what you did and you're like what you're like i did something like really <laughs> yeah but it's also it's really rewarding to know as well i mean i don't want to be in denial about people listening to my stuff because that would be rude i think not to acknowledge that other people are enjoying what i'm doing yeah i think there's a fun there's a there's a difference between pridefulness and being proud of what you've done and being taking taking satisfaction in the fact that you put so much of yourself into something and somebody came back to you and was like, This this song, I heard it and it, you know, it made me feel something. Like that's just that's just kind of an awesome thing. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes I you know, sometimes people will send me messages about the ways that they've been affected by either a cover I did or an original song that I wrote. And that's always super meaningful for me. Like I've had a couple of people tell me that they've used a song of mine at their wedding. Wow. That's or, awesome. Or that, um, you know, or that my music helps them sleep or helps them study, which I really like. I love it hearing that I'm helping somebody study and do well in school or something. And, you know, just getting or messages from people saying that something that I've done has helped them get through a hard time. And I think sometimes as musicians we sort of we have trouble accepting that we have this influence but it's always it always means a lot for me to hear that and to be able to play a small part in other people's lives and you know help out in some small way so I do enjoy that yeah you strike me as a really kind person and I think if if it's such a thing as possible which I believe it is I think it, you put a lot of kindness in your music because you don't put you don't make music that's meant to be abrasive and, you know, angry or anything like that. I think everything of yours I've ever listened to has really hit me as being heartfelt and genuine and heartfelt so. heartfelt is the word I would do I would use. Yeah, so, <laughs> so well, maybe someday I'll write angry death metal music. 
Well, hey, it could be it could be it could be a cool change, you know, if that's what you're feeling. On the next episode of Rhythm Encounter, <laughs> Ivy Tran is Nightwish. Yeah. We, we say that's for, again, I don't want to I don't want to keep us here all day, but that's what you said about, you know, feeling like you made a difference for somebody, even if it's just a small thing, is something that like for a long time, like when I was deciding to go to graduate school and like when I was working and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was like, I want to do something. And I kept like saying to myself, oh, I want to do something that's going to change everybody's life or something. And sort of I realized that in order to like do something that, you know, is important to you and matters, you don't need to change everybody. But if one person is made happier by what you do or if it affects them in some way, like, you know, they play it at their wedding, like you said, or, you know, they can study to it, which actually is something I've done with the black box. You know, it's that's really like kind of my like my goal in life is just to say, yeah, a couple people you know, listen to the Derek and I talk about music or they listen to Derek and I talk to Ivy and it, it was a, a pleasant evening for them. That's, that's just kind of, I think that's different from writing music. Cause I think writing music is just so much more in depth, but it's, I think the sentiment is the same that somebody feels yeah, something because like of the, somebody because of some, from something you did that you enjoyed doing to begin with. So it's like everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we've gushed ourselves, that, <laughs> so that got real. Yeah, it did get real. Um, <laughs> Well, it don't, you know, it only happened because we had such an awesome guest with us today. But Ivy, really, we, we just want to say genuinely thank you so much for being here with us today. It was an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. I hope we can continue to speak. And uh, nope. I'll, I'll need to get your friend code so we can play Animal Crossing together. Yes, let's please do that. Yes. Last time I checked, Derek said he had peaches. Or was it somebody else that said they had peaches? Oh, I have everything. I have peaches, oranges, lemons, <laughs> lychees, durian. I don't even know what a lychee is. Oh, I know what a lychee is. I got it. They're like cherries. Okay. Well, anyway, for Ivy, for Derek, and for me, thank you guys for listening. Ivy, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it, and we really appreciate your answers. That was a lot of fun. We hope you had fun, too. And for those of you who want to pick up more of Ivy's great music, you can pick up The Black Box, which we've discussed extensively, from ivysudashu.bandcamp.com, which is A-I-V-I-S-U-R-A-S-S-H-U.bandcamp.com. You can also show your support by picking up Cry More when it releases, supporting the Soul Saga Kickstarter going on until June 15th, or you can check out more of Ivy's music via her SoundCloud page where her username is Waltz for Luma. Taking us out, we're actually going to play a track from The Black Box. This is Lonely Rolling Star, parentheses, Missing You.